chapter number six. John chapter number six. All right. Has everybody got an outline? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. John chapter number six. Let me let me explain. Let me explain something tonight. I, I'm not real sure uh, what God is up to tonight. Uh, I'm really not fond of what he's planning for tonight. Uh, never done this before, and uh, I don't know why he's making me doing it now, because I like an outline. I like having an outline. I like putting together an outline. Uh, but God wouldn't give me an outline. And so I'm not going to give you something he don't give me. I, I, I put two or three together, and I just did not have any peace about it. And I just, I just, he just wouldn't let me. And so there was a, a thought going through my head over and over and over. I'm talking about to the last minute. Uh, I tried my best to try to get an outline, and, and he wouldn't. So the, I mean, I'll just prove it. These, these are my notes that we're going we're gonna to deal with today. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what God's up to. One thing, I was going to try to jump on into John chapter 7. Uh, but God just wouldn't let me get out of John chapter number 6. So uh, we're going to go back to John chapter 6 and, and do the, the last point. Uh, the last point of your outline from last week uh, was a cold multitude. In other words, a bunch of them left. A bunch of them left. A bunch of the people that were following Jesus, a bunch of the disciples uh, that had been following him uh, to get his teachings, they, they bugged out on him and left. Uh, and so that's where we left off. And so what we'll do, here's, here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to do, if you, if you know the terminology, I want to try to do a running commentary. A running commentary. In other words, we're going to start where the message begins in, I think, verse number 26. And uh, we'll read the verse or verses. I, I've got some where I've got one verse. I've got some where I've got two or three verses together. And we'll just explain them and talk about them, each verse as we go on through, and try to understand Try to understand how a multitude of people can be dwindled down to a few uh, because of the message of Christ. How, how to understand how somebody could go to church most of their life and die and go to hell. How to understand how somebody could go and, 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 and be familiar with scripture, be familiar with religion, be familiar with church and, and reject it and turn away from it. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So bear with me. I apologize. Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't apologize because it ain't mine to do. If he don't give me one, I can't give you one. And if he don't give me one, you don't want it. Right? You're not here to hear what I think. You're not here to hear my opinion. You're here to hear God's word. And so if he doesn't give it to me, I can't give it to you. Uh, so I'm going to do what I feel. I, I truly, personally feel that he wants me to do tonight. And, and we'll go from there. Uh, I want to read just a couple verses, and, and, and them guys don't have any verses, so uh, uh, this will help teach you to start bringing your Bible. Say amen. Uh, what is tonight? It's Bible study. It's Bible study. Amen. It's not palm reading. It's, it's Bible study. All right. So you need to have a Bible. Uh, you need to have one. Uh, uh, what are you going to do when God calls you somewhere that don't have electricity? They ain't going to have no screen, amen? Bring your Bible, bring your Bible. Uh, you're in, you're in uh, 
John chapter number 6. Let's just start so y'all can sit down. I know y'all tired of standing up already, all right? Here we go. John 6 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude, what? A great multitude followed him. Why? Because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. So he's doing miracles, got a bunch of people following him. Uh, we know by past study, approximately 20,000 people. I mean, this is not just a, a big group. This is a huge group, a huge following, a humongous amount of people. Then, then look in verse number 66. Verse number 66. And from that time, and from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. In other words, they made a final decision on what they thought of Christ. They walked away. They turned their back. They said, we don't want to have anything else to do with him. We're done with it. We're over it. And they walked back. And by the way, I, this is, this, I, don't, I, don't, I don't try to see something spiritual in everything. I really don't. I, you know, some people can say, well, this means this and this means that and this means... And they overdo it and they over-spiritualize every little detail that it might just be, you know, a, a brown cow in a grass field may just be a brown cow in a grass field. It may not mean nothing but a brown cow in a grass field. Say amen. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? But isn't it amazing? Uh, uh, in this verse, they turned and walked away and followed him no more. What verse is that? What chapter are you in? And like I said, it could be a brown cow in a grass field. But that's amazing, isn't it? John 6, 6, 6. They walked away and followed him no more. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your blessings, your kindness. Uh, I'm kind of nervous, Lord. I, I really am. This is not how I do things. This is not, this is not my comfort zone. Uh, but I truly believe. I truly believe I'm doing what you want me to do. And so I need you to help me. I pray that you'll speak through me. I pray that you'll give me what I need to know and what I need to say. I don't want to say my opinion. I don't want to say what I think. Or what I think is irrelevant. I want to say your word. I want to speak what thus saith the Lord has to say. Help me to be clear and concise. And I pray that we can all leave saying we've heard from you. And we've learned and we've grown tonight. And God, I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of doctrines that we can take from this particular chapter that I, I never realized till I started digging so much into one portion of Scripture. But <clears throat> we see over and over again, uh, uh, and matter of fact, Brother Buchanan called me about the teaching out there. They're already in chapter 8, and, uh, and it's one of, the same, one of the same issues you're seeing that we saw in chapter number 6 and in chapter number 2 that we have people with false professions. And people claiming to know Christ, people claiming to believe in Christ, but it not be genuine, not be authentic, not be a real faith. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And so as we, as we taught Sunday, uh, we know that, that the Bible says, In that day many shall say unto me, Lord, Lord, 
Uh, They're going to claim to know him. They're going to claim profession in him and belief in him. But he's going to say, depart from me. I never, I never knew you. Now, there's there's some doctrines that we're going to find in here about eternal security. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see the, the things that if you are lost, you are always lost. If you are saved, you're going to always be saved. You're not going to be able to be saved and lose it. Uh, here's, he says, if it, when they stand before him, he said, I never. In other words, I, I knew you for a little bit, but you walked away. I knew you for a little bit, but you gave up. You quit. I knew, no, he said, I never knew you. Look here. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. Well, this is really a picture and an overview of, of, the, of the chapter 6 in John. He says, they went out from us. You remember in verse, verse number 2, a great multitude, a great multitude followed him. But then in verse 66, but they walked away. They walked away and followed him no more. And they went from us, 1 John 2, 19. They went from us, but they were not of us. In other words, they left, they used to fellowship with us, they used to go with us, they used to uh, uh, be with us in church, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. In other words, what he's saying is just proving they never were one of us to begin with. In this crowd here, they were never authentic believers in the Messiah, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Never authentic. Never a real faith. They had a false profession. They followed him for wrong reasons. And they, they, they followed him, had, had wrong motives in the whole deal. Now, that's what we're going to see through this. That's what we're going to understand through this teaching. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. All right. Let's see if I can read my own writing. All right, here we go. Let's skip to verse 26. This is where I want to start. If you're new to Wednesday night Bible study, uh, uh, thank you for coming tonight. And I hope you enjoy yourself tonight, what we've been doing in the last few weeks. We've been studying John chapter 6. We've studied the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. We found out and we've studied and we've learned that Jesus fed the 5,000 because he had mercy on them. But the real purpose of the feeding of the 5,000 and the miracle was not necessarily to fill the bellies of the hungry people. It was to challenge the disciples and, and, and use it to build their faith. Are y'all, do y'all remember that? Say amen. He used the disciples through the whole process. Well, a- after that, he used it as a platform. He used it as a platform and an opportunity to deliver a message. The miracle, if you remember, at the end of John, it says these signs are given. There were tons of signs. There were tons of miracles. There was tons of things that he did. But these are written, these specific signs. And the word sign there means the message is more important than the miracle. miracle. The miracle is there just so he can teach you the message. And know what is the message? The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 so he could deliver and have a pulpit, a platform to deliver the message about him being the bread of life. Are y'all following me? Say amen. amen. Now, so here we find these thousands and thousands of people get fed and get fed to the fullest extent. And, and so the next day, well, let me, before I get ahead of myself, they try to make him king. They want him to be a political figure. 
They want Jesus, the Messiah, to be a political figure. They're thinking carnally. They're thinking physically. Uh, uh, they're thinking uh, here on earth. They're thinking earthly. And they said, hey, let's make him a king. Man, he's healing everybody. He's solving everybody's problems, and he's feeding everybody. Man, we won't even have to work for food no more. We can get a free meal out of this deal. He needs to be our king. Jesus saw all that. Jesus, Jesus got out of the deal. Listen, this was a big temptation to the disciples, too. Can you imagine that? You're, 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 in, the, you're in the king's entourage. If he's king, you'd be a big wig. And Jesus didn't want to have no part of that. He got the disciples out of there quick, put them in the boat, sent them across. And like I said, there's a whole other message in that, that whole deal. Jesus walking on the water and so forth and so on. The next day, the next day, this crowd is coming to Jesus again. They're searching for him. Why? Maybe they're hungry again. Maybe it's dinner time. We need to find that man that gave us some free food. Where's that miracle worker at? Let's go looking for him. They seek him out and they find him. Now they come to Jesus. And now Jesus takes the opportunity to present the message to them and give them the message they need to hear. Not necessarily that they want to hear, but that they, they need to hear. They need to hear. So this is where we're at in verse 26. This, are you everybody called up? Everybody good? We know where we're at now. Amen? All right, verse 26. Let's start there. Jesus answered them, this crowd that came, verily, verily, remember that means truly, truly, in other words, he's fixing to give out a, a, a truth that they need to pay attention to. I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles. Let me go back. Let me go back. You stay right there. Let me go back to, to verse number two. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. So in the, in the original, they're following him for the supernatural. They're following him for the spectacular. They're following him for the sensational. Look what he can fix. He can fix anything. But then it moved from that and really degenerated from that to that now you're following me because you're hungry. Now you're following me because you want a free meal. So they're not getting more spiritual. They're getting less spiritual. Watch what he says, verse 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because... And by the way, by the way, that's a symptom. That's a symptom. People who have a false faith and a false profession, they're, they're operating. And I don't want to hurry. We're going to get to it in a minute, but I just need you to understand that's something that, that's important. That's important. When, when, you, when you try to come to God in your own way, you don't get more spiritual. You get less spiritual. And I, I'll explain that in a minute, okay? So just how many of y'all can put that in the back of your brain and bring that back up here in a minute, all right? Watch this. Watch this. He said, there was, you started out coming because of the miracles. Now you're coming just because of the lows and you were filled. You got that free meal. You got, you got filled up. Verse 27, labor not, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. All right, I've got in my notes right here, I put verse 26 and 27. Several things here that we find. First, he exposes their motives. He exposes their motives. You're here for miracles and meals. You're here for healings and helpings. All right? He exposes their motive. A lot of people come to church for the wrong motive. A lot of, a lot of people try to come to God for the wrong motive. Now, it's one, thing, it's one thing to come to Him in a wrong motive, but it's another thing to stay in that motive. Do you understand what I mean by that? 
Here's what I mean. You come to God, let's just say you come to God because your marriage is a disaster. Okay? And, 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 and he fixes that. And, and guess what? If that's the only thing you wanted out of God, guess what's going to happen when your marriage gets fixed? You're, you, you don't need God no more. You don't need God anymore. Okay? But, but if, if you came for one reason, but in, in, the, in, the, in the time that you came to get that, itch, that issue or that situation fixed, you heard the word. Okay? Now, that, now it changes. I came to God because I had a problem, but when I come to God because I had a problem, then I heard the word. And when I heard the word, things changed. I, I, I begin to seek him for a different reason. Y'all with me? Now, now, see the difference in that? Guess what? That's not what happened here. Because we're going to see in a few minutes, we're going to see in a few minutes that they heard the word and rejected it. I, I don't want the word. I don't really care much about the message. I just want the meal. It happens all the time. People come to church all the time for secular reasons, for secular issues, for problems or issues, and, and their motive for coming to God is selfish. Their motive for coming to God is carnal. Their motive for coming to God is physical. And if they, if they come to God, and, and you remember what I'm saying, <clears throat> I'm not criticizing anybody for coming to God because usually it's problems that will drive us to God. Amen. But when, when you stay there, when that, that remains your motive, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Look here. He exposes their motive. But then he explained, this is the deal. This is the deal. This is what verse 27. I wrote this down. He explains that they are focused on the wrong need. Their focus is on the wrong need. He said, you're focused on the sickness you're focused on, you're focused on the, the, the brokenness. You're, you're, you're focused on the, the, the need for healing, the physical. You're focused on the need for food. And, and your focus is on the wrong need. It's not a physical need that you have. It's a spiritual need that you have. You see what he's saying? Labor not. Look what, look what it says, verse number 27. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. He said you're focused on the wrong need. And by the way, here's the deal. Jesus walked on water. Jesus, Jesus healed the sick. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He raised the dead. Uh, he did all these things. He comforted them when they were afraid. He calmed the storm. Uh, he done all these things. But guess what? I, I printed off. I wish I'd have brought it out here now. But I printed off about eight or nine verses that said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to give his life a ransom for many. God sent not his son into the world to uh, condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came that we might have life. John 10, 10, the thief cometh to steal and to kill, but I am come that you might have life. His purpose has always been salvation and life and, and forgiveness. And are y'all with me? It's always been eternal. The purpose for Christ's coming has always been eternal. And what he's trying to do in these two verses, what he's trying to do in these two verses, he's preaching a sermon to confront their motive and trying to get them to transition from being carnally minded to spiritually minded, to thinking and focusing only on the physical and now to get on the spiritual. He says you got your eyes on the wrong need. You're looking, you're looking for a political hero. You're looking for someone, a chef, to provide you meals when in reality you're a sinner who needs a Savior. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Watch what he says. He exposes their motive. He explains that their focus is on the wrong need. He distinguishes between the physical and the spiritual. He said, yes, you have to have food. You have to have drink to sustain life in the physical body. But there is a physical and there is a spiritual. It's the same, it's the same battle that there was in, in, in the wilderness when, when, when he was being tempted by Satan. Satan says, Cassidy, listen, turn these stones into bread. He was trying to get Jesus to focus on the physical more than the spiritual. And he said, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. There's that word, word again. It's going to keep coming up. It's going to keep coming up. And then in verse, verse 27, he says, labor not for the meat which perishes. They quit focusing on the wrong need, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. He's distinguished between the physical and the spiritual. Now watch what he says. Which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus is revealing to them in this part of this verse that he is the source of the spiritual he is the source of their much-needed life. It's him. It's him. All right? Verse 28. Verse 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? They totally misinterpreted what Jesus was trying to say. They totally misinterpreted. Now, here's the problem. Here's, here's, here's the issue they had going on. Uh, there was such a, there was such a, a, a heritage and a background culturalistic living that they, they were so used to the legalistic lifestyle. They were so used to the do's and the don'ts and having to do this and having to do that. They were so used to all the rules and regulations that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had placed upon them. You, know, you, know, you remember what I'm saying? He, he said, when Jesus said, he said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Why do you need rest? Because you've been working. And these people have been working and working and working, trying to be good enough to get into heaven because of the false teaching of the Pharisees. And so they, they just assumed that they're saying, well, okay, well, what do we got to work? What, what are the works of God? How, how, how do I earn this thing? Y'all with me? And Jesus so tenderly. He so tenderly. I love this next one. Look at this next verse. Verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. He said, it's simple, guys. It's simple. It's not complicated at all. If you want to work the works of God, basically what he's saying, if you want to do what God wants you to do, believe on the one he sent. All right? Now, this is a, this is a serious, this is a serious <clears throat> spoke in the wheel. This is a serious spring in the watch. We find the word believe. We find the word believe. Now, ultimately, we're going to learn that from verse number 2 to verse number 6, or excuse me, 66, the reason, the reason that we go from a multitude that many walked away from him is because of unbelief. Ultimately, that's the problem. That is, that is, that is what crashes the, the boat there. Unbelief. And so Jesus is preaching the sermon. He's provoked them. He's exposed their motive. And he's, he's showing them, listen, you, you got to quit. You're focusing on the wrong deal. You're focusing on the wrong need. You're thinking physical, not spiritual. You're a sinner. You are corrupt. You are condemned. You got to believe on the one God sent. This is salvation. For God so loved the world. Amen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
He, he that believeth on the Son is not condemned, but he that believeth not is. You see what he's saying? He says, hey, guys, no problem. Just believe on me. Believe on me. Believe what I'm telling you. Believe my word. Watch this. This is going to get real interesting. Look what he says. <clears throat> Verse 29. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Now, I'm going to just going to tell you. I'm going to prove it here in a minute, but I'm just going to tell you right here. It's more. It's believing his word. He's believing his word. Now, watch this. Now, now stay with me on this. Stay with me on this because we're going to jump around in Scripture a little bit, okay? This is, this, but this is going to be real eye-opening for some people. Look what it says in verse 30. They said, Therefore unto him, What sign showest thou? What sign showest thou that we may... Okay. Okay, keep that in mind. That we may see and... You see the philosophy there? Seeing is... How many of y'all know that's not biblical? That's not God's economy. That's man's economy. But that's not God's economy. That's the way man wants it. Man says, show me and I'll believe. God says, believe and then you'll see. So here's, here's what they're saying. Hey... Hey, you want us to believe? Show us something. Show us something. That shows immaturity, that shows carnality, and that shows unbelief. Show me. I want to see it. I want to see it. Now, why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? Watch this. <clears throat> he not only showed them in verse 28, and, or excuse me, in, in verse number uh, 27, that they were, they were focusing on the wrong need. In, in verse number uh, 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 30 and 31, we're going to see this. They were trying to exercise the wrong sense. They were trying to exercise the wrong sense. You know what I'm talking about? The five senses? Okay. They were trying to exercise sight. Sight. Now, there's a problem there. You say, preacher, why is that a problem? They were trying to get faith by, but faith cometh by, ooh, y'all getting it now? I got a God bump deforming already, I feel it. I, they were exercising the wrong sight, or excuse me, the wrong sense. They were saying, let me see it and I'll believe it. Give us something to see. Do something fancy. Do something spectacular. Give us a miracle. Seeing is believing. Jesus, uh-uh. It's not work. And, he, and watch this. Watch what I found. Go back to chapter 2. Go back to chapter 2. John chapter number 2. Well, wasn't it good to be having a Bible right now? I bet you have one next week. Amen. Uh, John chapter 2. And I'm just, I'm just cutting up joking, guys. Don't get offended by that. Not come back. Please come back. I'll put it on the screen. Come back. Amen. I, but I do believe Jesus is trying to teach us to mature right there. Get our Bible and bring our Bible to Bible study. Watch this. John 2, John 2, verse 23. Now watch this. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and in the feast day, many believed in his name. 
when they saw the miracles which he did. Now let me go back. Let me go back. And by the way, some of y'all done told me you just came straight from work. So don't, I, I'm, I'm just messing with you, all right? Don't get, please don't get offended with this. I'm just teasing. Say amen. All right, now watch. It says, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But, but, Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Now the word commit and the word believed up there is the same identical word. Different English word, but same Greek word. You know what that means? It means, what, here's, here's what that's saying. They had faith in him, but he didn't have faith in their faith. Basically, we know by study that it was not authentic. It was not a saving faith. It was not a genuine faith. Y'all with me? We know that. We know it because Jesus said so. He said, he knew all men. I'm, my faith's not in their faith. They're, they're, it's not genuine. I'm not going to entrust myself unto them because I know their faith is not real. Their confidence is in the miracle, not the messenger. Y'all with me? Now, now I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. So, so we know this is not authentic faith. We know this is not authentic belief. We know this is not genuine saving faith. Are y'all with me? Now watch, let's read this again. It says, many believed, but it was not authentic. They made a profession, but it was not real. In his name, when they, when they, when they, okay, flip back to six. Flip back to chapter six. Flip back to chapter six. Look what it says. Verse two. Verse two, chapter six, verse two. You ready? And a great multitude followed him because they, because they, because they. Now, don't we know, according to verse 6, that this was not genuine faith either? This was not authentic saving faith either because they walked away? This was not, are y'all with me? Y'all see something happening here? Okay, okay. I haven't convinced you yet. Verse 36. Verse 36, verse 36, you there? But I said unto you that ye also have, ye also have, ye also have, and you see the connection? Every time they operated with this sense. It was fake. Every time they lived by sight, it was not genuine. And it was not authentic. Y'all with me? I wonder why that could be. Let's see if the Bible will tell us. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. Faith, that's genuine. That's the, that's the real deal. That's the real McCoy. Say amen. It's the kind that will get you to heaven. Say amen. Faith, genuine, authentic, real faith, cometh by hearing. Hearing, not seeing. Hearing. And hearing by the word of God.
All right? I'm so glad you're thrilled. Watch this. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk, that means live, and have our being operate. We walk by, by, and not by. You getting it? Now watch. Now watch. Over here in John chapter number 6. So far, up into verse 26, up into verse 26, they're walking by. They're seeing miracles. They're seeing a souped-up buffet. They're seeing Jesus do some stuff. They're seeing, and they're living by that, and they're operating by that, and they're focusing on that. It's all carnal. It's all physical. But now... He's given them the word. And you know what they're saying? Don't give us nothing to. Give us something to. Does this make sense? Now watch. You say, well, that's a great Bible story. What's that have to do with us? Do you realize we're living in a culture right now in America where everybody wants to see something? Everybody wants to see a show. Everybody wants to see fog. Everybody wants to see lights. Everybody wants to see action camera. We want to see entertainment. We want to see drama. We get thrilled by stuff. But you let a man just break out God's word and just start teaching God's word. And they're, oh. Am I right? And we wonder why people will come as long as there's the flair of the dramatic. And then when we don't do that and we just teach God's word, you can't find them. Because they're operating by and not by. And if it's not by hearing and hearing by the word of God, it's not authentic faith. And so here's what we've learned to do. Here's what churches are doing all over America. Well, we can't get them in the pulpit, or excuse me, we can't get them in the pews unless we wow them. So we have, we have turned to entertainment to get people in the pews. And so what we're doing is we're filling churches with lost people. I know what you're saying. That's what we're supposed to do. That's right, but they're not supposed to stay that way. And a light show is not going to convert anybody. The spectacular is not going to convert anybody. Entertainment is not going to convert anybody. Conversion comes when God's word is plainly declared and they hear God's word and faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Are y'all getting it? You see, they, they want to see something. They want to be wowed. Do something. Let's see a show. Circuses and bread. And he's trying to give them the truth. You see, Jesus operated grace and truth. In grace, he fed the 5,000. But now in truth, he's telling them, listen, you think, you think your greatest need was being hungry? Honey, you got a greater need than that. You're on your way to hell. Show us something. That's not the way it works. 
That's not God's economy. <clears throat> Listen, do you remember, do you remember, do you remember uh, when, when Peter, James, and John was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus? Remember, they had fell asleep. Jesus had been up there praying. They fell asleep. And they woke up, and Jesus is over there glowing. He's being transfigured. In other words, the deity on the inside is starting to show on the outside. You remember, you know, the word in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. John chapter number 1, and then later on that verse, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Amen. We saw it. And, and in the glory, you, 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 Peter, you know, he's always putting his foot in his mouth. He said, I'll tell you what, let's build some tabernacles up in this place. Let's just make one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and, 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 and let's just hang out. And, and, and God the Father stops the whole thing and says, hey, this is my beloved son. What did they say? Hear him. Isn't that amazing? They're coming from the very voice of God the Father. He's saying, what you're seeing is not what's important. There's something more important than what you're seeing. It's what you're going to hear him say. I don't think y'all are getting what I'm trying to put out here. The importance of God's word, the power of God's word, the significance of God's word in ministry and in preaching and teaching and the ministry of the word. Salvation is not going to come by the gospel. It is the gospel that brings the power of salvation. They walked away because they were operating by sight and not by faith. Because true faith doesn't come by sight. True faith comes by hearing and hearing by. Now think about this, starting in verse number 26. Starting in verse number 26, he's trying to give them the word. But they are not. Watch, let's keep on. Let's keep on. Flip the page. All right. All right, verse 32. Look here. He says, he says, uh, let, me, let me get back to verse 30. He says, do something that we may see and believe. See and believe. See and believe. Seeing is believing. God said, uh-uh, believing is seeing. Faith doesn't come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The just shall live by faith, not by. Now watch what they say. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. Now, now really, to understand what they're saying, they're, they're kind of challenging Jesus right here. They're kind of comparing his miracle the day before to what happened in the, in the wilderness. In other words, they're saying, yeah, you fed 20,000, but he fed the whole nation. If you want us to believe you're who you say you are, do something like that. That's, that's basically what that is saying. You're saying this, but Moses, you know, watch what Jesus' response. <clears throat> Verse number 32. And Jesus said, verily, verily, let me translate that, number one, that bread did not come from Moses. That might have been how that went, amen. <laughs> That's how I would have said it. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread. Watch this. Watch this. 
This is what he's explaining. And if you want to take notes, you want to take notes, I'm not going to do it because I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time and i got a whole bunch of papers to go. Write this down and you can look at this later. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4. Because it talks about the types in the Old Testament being a type of Christ. The manna was a type of Christ. Here's what's happening in this verse. He's saying, you want to bring up the manna? Okay. Do you realize that the manna was just a type of the real thing? The manna was a picture or a shadow of things to come. If you look through the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament, God is pointing and he's showing symbolism and he's showing pictures and he's pointing to Jesus. All through the Old Testament, God is using the tabernacle. God is using people. Joseph is one of them. Joseph is one of the greatest types of Christ. How about Isaac going up the hill carrying the wood on his back as a type of Christ? Are y'all with me as that sacrifice? The ram in the thicket giving himself instead of, whoo, say amen. All these types are God saying, I'm sending my son. My son's coming. There's coming one. Uh, there, there will be one born of a virgin. His name shall be called Emmanuel. And, and God's all the time. And you know what that man it was? It was a picture and it was a symbol. It was a type. It was a shadow of Jesus. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to give you the type. But what Jesus say right here? That was the Height. Say it with me. That manna, that was the, but I'm the true thing. I'm the true bread. You want to brag about the type? All that type was doing was pointing to me. Y'all with me? That's what he's saying. He's saying, look. He said, Moses gave you the type. Or excuse me, uh, my father gave you the type. But now, my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God, now he's going to reveal himself again. He's, going, he's trying over and over to tell him who he is. The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. See, there again, he reaffirms his purpose. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Matter of fact, that, that manna is a type of me. And the bread I'm talking about, the substance I'm talking about, the source of salvation that I'm talking about, I am him. Now watch, they're still not getting it. They're still thinking carnally. They're still operating with the, the eyes and not the... They are trying to, but they refuse to... Watch. They said unto him, Lord, forevermore, give us that bread right there. You know, you know Jesus did like this. Right? Watch. Look at the next verse. Verse 35. Jesus said unto them, I'm trying to tell you. I, come on. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. There's two things here. Coming to him and believing in him. Here's what that means. When you come to him, it means you believe in him. When you believe in him, it means you come to him. They are interchangeable. They are saying the same thing. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. He is the source. This is what I wrote in my notes. He is the source. He is the substance. In other words, bread is a substance that you can take and receive 
and you can live. It'll give you food. It'll give you energy. It'll give you substance. Are y'all with me? And what Jesus is trying to say, I'm that source of life. I'm the bread of now, now, that bread that you're talking about, that you're wanting, your desire, and I gave you yesterday, you can eat it and die because it does not give eternal life. You with me? But I am the bread. I am the substance. I am the source that can give you eternal life. Okay? Y'all with me? Watch this. Now, we must come to him and believe. Here's what Warren Wiersbe said. Great commentary. Warren Wiersbe said this. Believing on him... Believing on him, and, and see, this is what we need to know because you're going to hear you're going to hear this periodically where people it says people believed him, but it's a mental ascent. It's not a submission to him and a coming to him, an authentic faith. Are y'all with me? So, so what does he mean by this? Believing on him is not merely an intellectual thing, giving a mental ascent to some doctrine. You remember what James chapter 2 verse 19 says? Even the devils believe and, and tremble. In other words, the devils will give a mental assent. They believe in Jesus. When, when, when Jesus came to the, the, the demoniac, you know, and, 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 and they, they knew who he was. They knew exactly who he was. But they have not submitted to him. Are y'all with me? There's a difference. There's a difference, okay? It's not a mental assent. It's not an intellectual thing. It's not giving a mental assent to some doctrine. It means that we come to Christ and yield ourselves to him. Let's look in Luke chapter 14. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14 real quick because that clock's like running 100 miles an hour. Luke 14, quickly, quickly. Flip over to Luke 14 in Bible study. I don't hear no pages turning. Luke 14. <clears throat> hate y'all having to exercise tonight. <clears throat> All right, Luke 14. Now, what do we say? What do we say he said? Come and believe. Believe and come, right? And, 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 and so we're, we're saying, we're trying to figure out this, what does this mean to come to him? And Warren Wiersbe says it's not a mental sin. It's not just saying, hey, I, you know, and I agree with him. I agree with him. What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say it means to come to him? Luke 14. Luke 14, verse 26. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Look what it says. If any man come to me, if any man come to me, he's going to explain what this means, and hate not his father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my. And whosoever does not bear his cross, come after me, cannot be my disciple. Look what he says in verse number 33. Verse 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Does the Bible not also say a man must deny himself, take up his cross, and... Well, Jesus is getting kind of tight with this message, isn't he? So if you want the true bread, if you want the real deal, if you want the authentic, you've got to come to me and believe. It's more, it's more than just saying, I believe he was God's son. You with me? It's submitting to him, surrendering to him. To come to Christ, to come to Christ and believe on him means to receive him within your... And by the way, by the way, he's going to explain this in that crazy parable he talks about here in a minute. You remember he talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood? That's like, whoa, what's that? You know, what's that? All that is is an explanation of what it means to come to him. 
Y'all with me? What does it mean? It means to take Christ and receive him within our inner being. Inner being. It emphasizes. Look here. Let's go back to verse 36. Verse 36. John 6, 36. John 6, 36. Okay, you there? Okay. All right. He says once again, verse 35, he, 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 he reiterates, I'm what you're needing. I am it. I am it. It's not the physical bread you need. It's a spiritual. I am that spiritual bread. I'm the source of salvation. In other words, you got to come to me. You got to come to me. You got to believe on me. Verse 36, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. When you exercise the sense of, you're not going to believe. You're not going to believe. Because faith cometh by. So what is he saying you got to believe? Are you, are you believing what I do, or are you believing what I say? <laughs> All right, verse 37. All that the Father. Verse actually, actually, we're going to put verses 36 through 40 together. Let's just read them together and we'll come back. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. He said, I'm going to tell you this. All the Father... All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Say amen. That word wise there means fashion or activity. For no reason, for no reason will I cast out Jesus and say, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose what? How many people he's going to lose? Think about that a minute. Say, what is that? That's eternal security. He said, but I should raise it up again the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. All right? Here's several things between verses 36 and 40. He emphasizes their unbelief. Okay, say that with me. He emphasizes their unbelief. He describes the sovereignty of God. God knows everybody that's going to get saved. He knows everybody, and he's bringing them to Christ. Are you all with me? The sovereignty of God. Then we see the responsibility of man. It says in verse, uh, verse number 37, All that the Father giveth me, that's the sovereignty of God, shall come to me. We have to come to him. That's man's responsibility. Then we see the security of the believer in verse 37 and 39. It says in verse 37, we're talking about the security of the believer. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise do what? Cast out. Cast out. That's, that's security. Verse 39, and this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which hath given, he hath given me, I should lose nothing. That's security. Say amen. All right, let's look in verse 41. 41. 41, he's telling them about salvation. He says, God's going to bring people to me. God the Father is going to bring. God the Father is going to lead. He said, no man can come into the Father but by me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So as he does this, I'm going to save them all. I'm going to deliver them all. I'm not going to lose any of them. I'm not going to lose any of them. I'm not going to cast any of them out for no wise, which basically means if we're talking no shape, no form, no how. Say amen. amen. So we're talking about the security of the believer. Now he, he's talking about, uh, 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 we, we go into the next verse, and now they're starting to complain. They're starting to whine. They're starting to gripe. 
Why? Why are they having problems? Because they're operating by... Watch what they say. You say, how do you know that? Watch what they say. Watch what they say. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Watch this. Watch this. They saw him grow up. They saw him build tables and chairs. They saw him work in a carpenter shop. They saw Mary change his dirty diaper. So now they're trying to believe by what they Does this make sense? They're operating by sight. You want us to believe, show us something. Well, he tells them who he is. He, what I just say? He tells. He uses words. He is speaking God's word. But they refuse to because of what they I can't believe what you're saying because I saw you grow up. Do y'all see the danger in trying to live by sight? Some of you are struggling as a real Christian, as a, a, as a believing Christian, as a saved Christian. When it says the just shall live by faith, it's not just talking about saving faith. It's talking about living faith. And you're frustrated to all get out because of what you're You don't see how the bill's going to get paid. You don't see how this country's going to come out with the foolishness that's going on in Washington. You don't see how things are going to work out after that doctor's visit. Well, God said, don't, don't, don't live by Live by faith. Faith in what? His. You don't know what bills I got. I might not. I can't see that. But I did hear where it says, God shall provide all of my need according to his riches and glory. Isn't this making sense? Why did they walk away? They were operating by sight. They refused to hear his word. Listen, as long, and by the way, his word is tough. I'm not going to be able to finish, so I'm going to wing it last a little bit, all right? We'll come back to that because I'm not finished. We'll just do another week. Watch this, watch this. In a few verses... They said, what you're saying is hard. Now, I thought that meant, I thought that meant, I don't understand what you're saying. That's not what that meant. The problem is it was dawning on them. They were figuring it out. 
when they began to understand what he was saying, it became unacceptable. Because in just a little bit, he starts talking about Calvary. Just a little bit, he begins to explain he's going to give his life. Y'all with me? Why don't we just get to that real quick? We got a couple minutes. Look in, look in verse, look in verse 43, 43, 43. Jesus therefore murmured and said, or excuse me, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. Now he explains the process of salvation. No man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him. I will raise him up at the last day. Now in verse 45, he tells how the father draws him. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath, you see what sense is being used? Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned, what is it, of the Father? What's that? Cometh. What did, what did he say in verse 35? I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me, he that believeth on me, if you come to him, you believe in him. If you believe in him, you come to him. How are we going to come to him and believe in him? We hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by. Ooh, this is good, ain't it? This is good. Look what it says. Here's the explanation, the process of salvation. The father draws, the sinner comes, Jesus saves. Man hears, man learns, man comes. Look at look in, look in John 5, 24, real quick. John 5, 24. Quickly, just flip over. It's like one page. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word. And it's not just hearing, but hearing his word. Heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. So you see what happens first? Hearing comes first, then believing. Believing on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto Life. Boy, he's just, he's just explained it in detail. Not that any, not that any, verse 46, not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verily, uh, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. In other words, you're, you're, you're trying to trust in something that's temporary. You're fighting and you're struggling and you're trying to work for the temporary and they die. But what's coming from me, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. Now here's Calvary. Here's the explanation of the sacrifice, the cross of Calvary. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, here it is, which I will give for the life of the world. He's talking about Calvary. He's talking about the finished work of Calvary. And what he is saying by this eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he's saying you've got to accept the finished work of Christ. You've got to accept and believe. Now here's the problem with that. Jews didn't believe. They believed in a political Messiah. When you go to talking about dying and getting sacrificed, what are you talking about? That don't even make sense. That is unacceptable. We can't hear that. We can't receive that. But you've got to understand the substitutionary death of Christ is found all through the book of John. All through the book of John. 
He said he would die for the world in John 3, 16 and chapter 6, verse 51. He would die for his sheep in John 10, 11 and 15. He would die for the nation, John 11, 50 through 52. He would die for his friends, John 15, 12. And Paul said he died for me, Galatians 2, 20. 1 John 2, 2. 1 John 2, 2 says he didn't just die for my sins. He died for the sins of the whole world. That's what it was all about. Let me read you. Let me read you one more commentary on verses, verses uh, 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 53. Because, see, they didn't, like, they didn't like what he said. They didn't get what he said because they're still operating by. All right? Now watch. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto him, or them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood is eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father, see, that's the key right there. I dwell in him, and he in me. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Watch this. Here, here's, here's John MacArthur's commentary. Jesus' point was an analogy that has spiritual rather than literal significance. That is proven in verse number 63 where he says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth little. In other words, it's your spirit that's made alive. Nothing happens to your flesh. Nothing, nothing comes from the flesh. It's a spiritual issue. It's an analogy that the spiritual rather than the literal significance. Just as eating and drinking are necessary to physical life, so also the belief in his sacrificial death on the cross is necessary to eternal life. The eating of his flesh and drinking his blood metaphorically symbolize the need for accepting the finished work of Christ on the cross. You see, for the Jews, however, a crucified Messiah was unthinkable. Unthinkable. As the people began to understand his teaching... They found it to be totally unacceptable. Besides the hostile Jewish leaders, many of the Galilean disciples turned away from him. Now watch this. This is sad. The popular enthusiasm for Jesus as a political Messiah, because you remember in the beginning of that chapter, they said they want to make him king. They, 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 they see this political Messiah. He can come and kick Rome off of our backs, and we can be free again. We can have free food, and we can have all our diseases and sicknesses healed. Well, when Jesus preached the word, they were living by and not by faith. They were not operating their hearing, the sense of hearing his word. They were trying to live by sight. When that was not the case, their enthusiasm for Jesus as a political Messiah was over. They saw that he was not going to deliver them from Rome. He might be a great healer, but his words were hard. His teaching was hard. Who in the world could accept that, which means obey it? How could they personally appropriate him? He rejected their desire to make him a king. He demanded personal faith. They couldn't, they couldn't accept his teaching on the atonement. 
Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. They refused. And see, here's the thing. Here's the biggest part of the refusal that a lot of people don't get. Jesus said this. Well, what if you, he said, does this bother you? Does this offend you? The word offend means made to stumble. Does this trip you up? You, you having a hard time with this? Now, what he's fixing to say makes sense about the whole deal. He said, what if you see the Son of Man go back up where he came from? You know what all that does? That explains everything. You know what their real problem is? The same problem the Jewish leaders had in chapter number 5 when he made himself God. They were still hung up on the fact that he said he came down from heaven. And they refused to hear his word because they did not believe he was who he said he was. He said, you have seen and believe not. They were hung up on that. You see, they, here's the deal, here's the deal, write this down, write this down. They accepted him as a good man, but they rejected him as a God man. Because they were operating in their sense of sight and not their sense of hearing and hearing his word, they walked away. Now, man, I'm over time, but one more thing. Why do people come into Temple Baptist Church in this environment and they can turn around and walk away? It's because they come in and they're enthralled by what they They like the excitement. They like the enthusiasm. They like the joy, the smiles. They're trying to find that in alcohol. They're trying to find that in meth. They're trying to find that in illicit affairs. They're trying to find the peace that they see. But if they come and refuse to hear the word, You say, why would they refuse to hear the word? Well, sometimes the word is this, repent. Sometimes the word is this, be ye holy, for I am holy. Sometimes the word is this, turn from your wicked way. Sometimes the word is sanctification. Sometimes the word is is repentance. Sometimes the word is sacrifice. Sometimes the word is self-denial. And to many people, that is, what they say? It is hard. And it's not that they don't understand it. They understand it, and they don't want to do it. Here's what will happen. Here's what will happen. Guys, if the word of God is being preached and a person is lost, they're going to be under conviction. God is going to be dealing with them. And if the word is being preached and the anointing is on it, they're going to get in or get out. 
They're either going to stay with him or they're going to walk away. So how do you know that? Because when they walked away, maybe with tears in his eyes, Jesus turns to, you say, how would you know that? Jesus knew who they were. I know that. Sometimes I know people are going to walk away and it still breaks my heart. Jesus was the greatest pastor there ever was. And anytime anybody walks away, it's heartbreaking. And he turns to his disciples. Says, you going to? You going to? And Peter speaks up. Where are we going? Why did he say, where, where are we going to go? Watch what he says. He confirms this. And he, and he testifies of this. You have the word. <laughs> you get it? They said, let us see something. But that authentic, true, real deal, real McCoy believer said, hey, you're the one got the Oh, 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 oh. You have the words of life. Of life. Life comes from his word. <laughs> hey, do this. Let me say this to the believers in here. Because we've been learning about false believers. And some of y'all are false believers and you need to get saved. You've been playing church, and you've been playing games with God, and God's going to get you. God's after you. Repent and make it right. Deal with it. Come to Christ. But for the rest of you, you know you're saved without a doubt. I think this is what God wants you to see out of this. Some of you are going through some hard stuff. Some of you are going through some trials and tribulations, and, and maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's a relationship issue. And you're having a hard time because of what you see well tonight God wants me to tell you this don't focus on what you can focus on what you and hear from the word of God what do I say about it not what you see but what do I say you say preacher what does he say about my problem I'm going to tell you like my mama said to me every time I ask her how to spell a word. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great response. That's great. It may be hard, but guess what? It brings life. It brings life. Hopefully we'll have an outline next week. Say amen. Was it okay? All right, cool, cool. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, thank